Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. You know, home remodel isn't nearly as sexy as they make it on HGTV. Let's be honest. Before you DIY those home projects, take a listen to architect and designer Taryn Bone of Bone Collective Studio. She is going to be taking us through the best, most cost-effective ways to update your home, your space that's going to provide the biggest return. Now that we're all spending so much more time in our home, we've started to notice those little things that never bothered us before, but now are driving us crazy. Have a listen and enjoy as I get carried away with Taryn Bone. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad you've joined. Oh, there's Sheena. She's jumped in here too. Yay. We're seeing a lot of familiar faces. Um, do you see the feed? I do. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's get carried away. Um, I'm so excited right. to have um, interior designer and architect Taryn Bone of the Bone Collective Studio today joining me getting carried away. She's in Boston. Um, and I'm excited because I was fortunate enough to work with Taryn and I'm going to show in the show notes, um, all the fabulous work that you did. And if you guys looked on my Instagram stories at all today, you could see the havoc that has become my dining room into a classroom. My beautiful, where did we get this table? West Elm? Um, that's from uh, restoration hardware. Yeah. I bet they never thought I'd have you know, window cleaner and math books. On totally. It's a great, it's a great centerpiece, really, that, uh, that window cleaner. I agree. And you know, it's actually, it's water to spray oh. the cat. <laughs> to get the cat off the table. Um, how is everything in Boston? Um, getting so much better now that spring slash summer is finally here. Um, you know, it's usually like eight months out of the year, kind of like, eh, especially moving here from Los Angeles, where the weather is perfect all the time. Um, so yeah, things are feeling good, although, you know, still trying to stay home, wear the mask, do all of that. Do all the things, right? Yeah. yeah do all the things. So I have found um, that, and I, you also designed my office. It's beautiful. Okay. It has this beautiful sculpture in it. It's called a Peloton bike. Uh, yeah. Um, it actually moves, I hear, but I just like to look at it. <laughs> um, but... What I have found in the time that we've now been spending more time in our homes and more time in our home offices is that things that I kind of just dealt with before are really driving me crazy. Um, all the little things like, why is it that hinge fixed? Or what, why does the sink still drain this way? Like all the things we just kind of mm -hmm. were like, meh, we'll get to it. Now we're just like louder than ever, right? Because we're mm -hmm. stuck in home so much. So what have you found since being um, in quarantine in your own home that you've been like, wait a minute, we got to fix this like now? Yeah, well, it's it's funny for me because this home, we moved here in January and we've been remodeling it ever since. So we did some major remodels before we moved in, but then it's like little things here and there. So um, 
being the architect that I am, I already knew the things that needed updated. And I kind of knew like, okay, we'll have to like do it at this time and do it this time. But now that my husband's been home for two months every day with him, it's like, we need to fix that baseboard. We need to touch up that paint. We need to do this. We need to do that. So it's, um, a lot of things. I did just have new doors installed over the weekend. So those are like, they really changed the space, um, for the better. So that was really exciting. That's good. That's good. And how are you working with, you know, during quarantine times and everything? I know in LA, I can look out my window and still see a lot of construction. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not nearly as full. It's like four guys and I guess one holds the board and one holds the nail. I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> how are you finding the, the kind of transition of how you work with clients now that you can't, you know, meet them in person? I mean, we designed my office virtually and it was a right. flawless experience. It was really great. Um, I, one of my favorite things was waking up to an email and you having all the links of like, look at all these stools, maybe you like the desk. <laughs> so it was, that to me was one of the most fun parts, but how did you transition into that? Or were you mm-hmm. kind of already doing that prior to this? Yeah, it was really not a tough transition for me. Like when everyone started Zooming, you know, I'd already been doing that because I moved from LA end of 2018 and still had majority of my clients all of 2019 in Los Angeles while I was living in Boston. And I flew back and forth like every other month. Um, But yeah, I was doing those Zoom meetings. And even right before the quarantine was like effective in um, Boston, I have a client who's like 30 minutes outside of the city and her and her husband could never be there at the same time. So I was like, let's just Zoom. So this was even before everyone was Zooming um, and their local clients. So I think that I have a pretty good, like you said, I send links, I send PDFs, like a pretty good way of going back and forth through the design process with my clients um, that we don't have to be in person all the time. Of course, there are some things like trying out a sofa. I mean, we did that together, right? We went shopping together. That's the kind of stuff that I think is going to be tricky, perhaps, um, but I I haven't encountered it yet in the past two months. Yeah. And I mean, we even hung frames in my office (laughs) Um, and you had me measures from floor to ceiling right and you know the width of the wall and everything and when the the guys came to install it because I can't my spatial reasoning is horrible um (laughs) you don't want to see me park cars but hanging frames is like it's really worrisome Mm -hmm. for me so when they came over it worked out beautifully um just on your designs from Boston so Mm -hmm. it was a anyone who's looking for any kind of design, I don't think they should be deterred from someone who's not local. Um, You very much can work remotely as an architect and designer. Um, What's something that that you've done digitally or virtually that you didn't think would work out and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is so much easier. Why am I not doing this already? Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe just like networking. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's like the whole thing, like you want to hug your friends and like the people in your network. I mean, like we've been doing a lot of these bra, um, like Wisdom Wednesdays and things like that. But isn't it just so much easier to be able to kind of like roll off your sofa, like pull away from your desk and just all of a sudden be in front of all of your friends and all of your network? Um, yeah, I, I'm in another a local to Boston networking, a BNI, and those meet every Tuesday morning at 7am. And I was driving like, 20 minutes to get to that. So I'd have to wake up at like 5.36 on Tuesdays. And now I wake up at like 6.55. <laughs> I 
That's great. <laughs> I'm like this. What? what are we talking about? Now, BNI BNI is a unique networking group in that they their chapters they only have one person in that field within the group. Is that still how it, it works with them? It is, yeah. So you ha- there has to be an op- like for me there was an opening for an architect. So that's how I got in. I mean, you still have to kind of go and check it out and um, kind of be interviewed. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, okay, cool. Not as fun as bra though. Just no, 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 no. Yeah, of course not, not. at all. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, well let's let's dive in now. Um, so now that people are home and they're all the little things are driving them crazy. Um, and they now have a little bit more time and we're not spending money on gas, entertainment, housekeepers, babysitters, or nails, hair. We all of a sudden might have a little bit more expendable cash. So the idea of maybe renovating or remodeling or making that home office more functional becomes priority, right? So what in your experience is probably, let's start with like, if we're going to like renovate or reformat our home office, what would you recommend be the order in which we prioritize things that should get the most attention, I guess? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing would be your desk and chair situation. So like, how do you get your best work done? Most people don't get their best work done from the sofa. You may want to take a sofa break, but probably having a desk where your computer sits is a pretty like safe bet. Um, so I like to say right now, I'm, I, I don't know if you can tell I'm standing. So I work from a sit stand desk um, and it's always in the stand position because behind me, if you probably can't see, but I have another desk with a chair that I sometimes sit at. So okay. um, I think that you choose one of those things to invest in. If you're someone who's gonna be standing all the time, go ahead and get a cute chair that's pretty cheap. It's not going to be ergonomic. If it's cheap and it's cute, it's going to hurt your back. So you don't <laughs> want to be sitting all day. Like expensive chairs, if you are someone who sits more than two hours a day at your desk, you need a very like good ergonomic chair. And they're going to run you like at least $500 for one that actually doesn't hurt your back. Yeah. So that's a but you're not spending the money at the chiropractor. So. Exactly, you can't. You can't see the chiropractor. So, um, but um, and also desks can be relatively inexpensive. This desk that I have is huge, and it's electric, like sit stand, so I don't have to crank or do. I know Carrie, yours is like you kind of have to crank it. Are you still there? Oh, I see. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I'm uh, sorry. This one? My mom called me. Uh, <laughs> oh, mom, get out of here. We're going live. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this that I have is an Ikea desk. It's a sit-stand electric desk. So it's really easy. Like I can just like pop it up and down, like as we're doing this. Um, <laughs> and it was only like 400 bucks. So it's really, oh, nice. um, I think that you can, You can deck out your home office on the cheap if you need to. Yeah. And I, I really need a chair. Um, That's for sure. The chair was really important to me because I Mm -hmm. sit a lot Um, and I tried a standing desk and I actually found that I would hunch more because it Uh, either wasn't high enough or it wasn't, or I'm just five, four and I'm wearing the wrong shoes. I don't know what, what the deal is with that. You know, another thing you really, if you're going to stand, you need, I'm not going to show you because it's very ugly, but you need like a special pad under your feet. 
And oh. the one I have, um, I can put it like in the, I can link it in the Facebook group later. It yeah. has different things to help you stretch your calves. Like it has like things to stretch your calves. It has like little balls to kind of like rub your feet while you're standing. Um, I tried standing without this mat and it, my back was hurting. So there's other things um, that go along that you with maybe it. didn't think about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely didn't have any of that. I was just wearing my slippers standing all day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. why, my, why is this all hurt? Um, <laughs> that's great. That's great. And you know, it's a lot of people are kind of like, okay, I need to get function now. Like I thought I needed it before, but now I need function because with function, I feel like comes organization. And then you're a little bit, you feel, I know for myself when I'm organized and I, I can function better and everything. Yeah. And so I find that a lot of people, when they think of function, they don't think it can be chic or, mm -hmm. you know, necessarily it looks like, you know, they're grandfather's office or something like that right. what's a, where do you think if you want to keep something chic and stylish you know where do we spend our money on those things on those like signature pieces that are going to make us feel pretty but also serve a really good function yeah um for the office you probably want like a good bookshelf maybe one with drawers um, like you could do or like cabinets on the bottom. So it could be bookshelf on top, cabinets on the bottom. So that way you can hide some of that junk. A lot of it is really, you don't have to spend a lot of money on these items. As soon as you put a lot of the junk away, like in a cabinet or in a drawer, the getting rid of that visual clutter is just going to make it look so much better. Um, yeah. I think also having a few things that you love is great, whether it's a picture, a sculpture, like your Peloton bike, you know, um, <laughs> And definitely a plant. I know, Carrie, when I was working with you, I brought I brought you plants and you were like, oh, no, I'm going to kill them. You don't have to tell me if you did or not. But like, they're still alive. They're still alive. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yay. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, having a plant in your space is so good for your health, for the air quality, and, you know, just gives you that little taste of nature while you're working all day. Yes. In fact, the plant you gave me that was in your place before you went to Boston, the one with the tall... <laughs> Yeah, that one, the snake plant. The snake is foolproof. So everyone oh, should get yay. a snake plant. It's Good. still alive. Um, I still know to go and I touch the soil and I know. And four weeks went by once and I was like, oh no, oh, but yes. it was still there. It's, yes. And it doesn't have to get too much light. I love that plant. It, it really builds my confidence. My green thumb ability. I know. Do you, do you ever find clients that really want something with feng shui or really want something that, that involves like an energy focused room? Have you ever worked with anyone like that? I haven't. No one that I've ever worked with um, has talked about anything like that. The only thing that would come close would be like light and air, which is something I always work into my designs. Um, you know, I mean, you can see I have a very light-filled place here. It's super important to me. My last place, the first place I lived in Boston, my office had no windows. It was a condo, and so it was, like, on the inside. And the office was really beautiful, but I hated being in there because natural light is so important to working, to living, um, and then getting that fresh air and, like, opening up your windows. Yeah. Um, that's so, you know, I recently read a study about that, a study that was done, like a study about how the ability for your workers to work more efficiently, actually, they work better if they have a window, if they have sunlight mm -hmm. coming in, because you're getting that natural vitamin D, as opposed to workers who were working in cubicles that got no light and go, no natural light, that, that the, their work output 
was exponentially more just by giving them a window. And then in the 90s, as I'm sure you know, um, all of a sudden office buildings were all these huge windows and it wasn't like concrete and cement on the front. Mm -hmm. And so you see that now. um, And in that, do you have a lot of like cool architecture in Boston? What are like some cool office buildings you were just like, yes, that's the building I want to live in, in Boston or LA or anywhere? Yeah, I mean... In LA, like downtown LA has really great spaces like that, like in the arts district, little Tokyo. Um, Here in Boston, there's, I mean, there's so many different neighborhoods. There's like, um, there's the neighborhoods with the brownstones. Those are really cool. Like if you're on like the first floor and you may have like a, a bay window there, but the brownstones, when we were looking to buy, they aren't super light filled because they are so like, you know, stuck together you really only get light in the front and then in the Mm -hmm. back um so that's how it is in san francisco because in san francisco they're very tall and narrow but you Mm -hmm. only get light in the front and the back and it's not it's not a lot yeah yeah Yeah, i think so the light is super important um the 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 thing i want to say about fresh air for everyone who's working from home these days open your window at least five minutes a day because the indoor air quality is actually usually worse than the outdoor air quality. And by just opening windows for five minutes a day, you can get rid of a lot of that. I mean, everything we have off gases, um, as clean or sustainable as you try and buy, like you're getting really bad stuff. So everyone it's open still funky. Window. There's mm-hmm. still a funk happening, like a computer funk or something yeah. like that. I have kid funk happening. I'm always <laughs> opening windows. <laughs> it's crazy. So for um, the people watching today or listening later on the podcast, and they're like, okay, I'm ready to renovate. I've got some, I've got some money now stocked away. Uh, what, which rooms do you think first people should renovate? If they have like a good chunk of cash, yeah. uh, are they refied? Where should they concentrate first? Kitchens and bathrooms. Um, your kitchen, especially these days, because most people are living in places where their kitchen was done, you know, 20 in the 90s, maybe the <laughs> 80s, maybe before then. It definitely needs to be redone. It dates your home more than kitchens and bathrooms date your home more than anything else because the countertop, you look at that and you're like, oh, like if it's for mica, like you got to get that out of here. Or those really <laughs> ugly granites from like the early 90s, you know. Um, so yeah, and, and kitchens are expensive. They're going to be the most, probably the most expensive thing that you do renovation wise, unless you actually add on to your home. Mm. Um, why do you think that is? Why kitchens? It's because there's really nowhere to skimp. Everything is expensive cabinets. Even when you go cheap, like even if you go the Ikea and semi-handmade route, which I just did with my kitchen, still not cheap, um, appliances, not cheap uh and you don't want to go with the very very if you're if you're spending the money to renovate like don't go with the super super low end um appliances because they're going to break in a year and then if you have to replace a microwave that's built in or uh, a stove it might not fit exactly the same and it's going to kind of mess everything up Right. And when, I guess you could look at it too, if you do resell your home, Mm -hmm. um, if you tried to sell it, you know, and you've put all this money in the kitchen, you hopefully will, the value of your home will go up and now you can sell it at a higher rate. Yeah. Definitely. Because if you think about the rest of the rooms in your house, like your bedroom, your living room, depending on, I mean, if you have like fireplaces and lots of other things, um, it can get expensive, but like 
mostly they're just empty rooms. So the only thing you would be really spending is maybe flooring, you know, unless you have to replace windows or something. But a kitchen, you're kind of replacing everything. Or if you have a very functional kitchen and it's just like dated cabinets, you can paint those or refinish those and get a new countertop, put up a pretty tile backsplash, and that's a way to save a lot of money on a kitchen. You get like Um, a little facelift without yeah. having to completely demo the entire kitchen. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if, if, you're looking to, if you're looking to sell, um, that's what a lot of people do. Cause it's not really, they don't really care how it functions. If you're going to sell, you just want it to look good and you want it to raise that value. Um, right. on your home. And I bet we spend most of our time in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. I do. I do too. I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, even when I'm not cooking, just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. It's kind of, and it's also like where, I don't know why, anytime we have a wisdom Wednesday here, or I have a, a group gathering or we're hosting yeah. a dinner party. We all congregate to the kitchen for some reason. Always. There's couches and there's an outdoor yep. patio, but everyone wants to be in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, now what are your feeling about floors? I know you're not a fan of the laminate. Right. Um, Tell me why. Why do? Why should we break up with laminate? Because oh. laminate is not wood. Laminate is plastic, which is horrible for our environment. Again, the off-gassing in your home, horrible for you and your kids. Um, and it just doesn't hold up like wood does. I mean, wood comes from the earth and, like, it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, like in homes, right, as wood floors. So for wood floors, there's two different ways. You can do hardwood or you can do engineered. So that's where I think people get confused a lot is they think laminate and engineered wood are the same, and they're not. A laminate is literally a layer of plastic that looks like wood on top of like plywood. And engineered wood floors are a veneer of, of actual wood on top of, you know, the wood like substrate. Gotcha. Gotcha. And is the cost difference a lot between engineered and laminate? Um, it depends. You can definitely find, uh, deals on engineered and like real wood. It's not significant enough that people should go for laminate over engineered wood. Yeah. So when they're demoing a house or rebuilding and they're pulling up laminate, Mm -hmm. that's just just sitting in a landfill. Exactly. You can't reuse it. You can't take it out and put it in the bathroom. No. no, you're done. <laughs> it's done. It's in a landfill somewhere forever. <laughs> the, um, with all the other plastic stuff yeah. and everything and clothes, probably because clothes is made with so much plastic. Yeah. Like 80% of our clothes just ends in a landfill. I read that statistic recently and I was like, but I need my Spanx. <laughs> Can I just have that one? I'll wear it my whole life. Yeah, exactly. Just don't get rid of it. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna be buried in those things. I'll be so skinny. (laughs) But that okay, I get that. I get that. Now, when where can people like I get that when you're redoing your kitchen, you don't you can't go the cheap route. You got to be ready to spend some money. Where do people get the biggest sticker shock? You think? Mm, Probably cabinets. Every single time people even myself, sometimes I'm like, Oh, that's how much they cost because you know, everyone can look up online fridges, like pretty much most people I've worked with on kitchen remodels, they already know what appliances they want to use. They've already done the research. They know like, this is going to cost $10,000. This is going to cost $30,000 just of appliances. Right. But then when we start designing the cabinets, um, that's where people get 
nervous. Yeah, you know, when we bought this house, there were no kitchen cabinets. They oh, I remember you had, telling me that. Yeah, they only had drawers. And I remember when we went in like the second time, it, I, I didn't notice it until the second time. And I was like, where do they, where do they put their plates and cups uh -huh. and stuff? And they had drawer and that, that's where they would, they'd open a drawer to pick up a glass mm. or a plate. And it felt like, why am I bending over to get a coffee cup? It was really weird. And so we put in cabinets and mm. they were very expensive. And we, and I watched all those HGTV shows Mm -hmm. That Chip and Joanna sure make it sound like I just throw some plaster and a refinishing paint and it's beautiful and don't don't get me don't get me started on HGTV. It's so not real at all. I have like a get, whole I mean, other yeah a whole I other mean, talk planned for that. Right, like that's a whole other podcast about sponsorship and um, yeah. and everything. Oh and, yeah. Um, now, of course, if they're featuring your work, then they're fabulous, but that's, that's, great. that's, that's a great after. Um, yeah, I love that. Now, when clients work with you, do you, will you do just like a kitchen or do you typically, you know, I've reached out before I even knew you or got into bra. Um, I was following someone who shall remain nameless, but she uses a lot of whites, a lot of greens, a lot of gold. Mm -hmm. She's very trendy, fabulous, beautiful things. A lot of palms. And I sent her a DM and I was like, I'd love to get in, in touch with you about redoing our backyard and our living room and dining room. And she said, I have a hundred thousand dollar minimum. So I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then she said, I won't do just one room. I have to do an entire space. Um, wow. So then immediately we were like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But have you seen that before with designers and architects? Is that common oh. practice? It's totally common um, when people start to make a name for themselves because they can, right? Like they are, if someone is very well known and everyone wants to work with them, I mean, they either grow their team and then they can take on smaller projects like a kitchen here, a bathroom there, whatever, um, and still have those big ticket items. But if they just start staying working as themselves, then if they can get a $100,000 project over there, they don't want to work on the smaller stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, I see it in contractors too. Uh, one of the hard, because I do, first you asked, do I do just kitchens or bathrooms? Yes. I love doing that kind of work. Um, I don't have to do the entire home. That said, I would love to do everyone's entire home. Like if anyone's watching this. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, oh, contractors. I have a really hard time finding contractors to do smaller jobs because really? when it's busy, as it has been for pretty much since I started my business four years ago, um, contractors have bigger jobs and they just like, they don't care about the small fish anymore. Yeah. Um, and we were fortunate enough to have a female contractor. <laughs> we were. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Lauren is amazing, everyone. Um, and she could stand her own. You know, I was yeah. really impressed with how she worked with all of the workers that would come in and mm -hmm. question them and, and stood her ground in her vans and her cute cutoff jeans. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of that, in the landscape of architecture, how many women do you find in this field? Um, do you feel it's saturated with men? Do you feel it's kind of, I mean, from school until now, what's been your experience as a woman in this traditionally, um, you know, dominated field event? I mean, even George Jetson, was an architect on the Jets. I didn't he was. know that. He was an architect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always, 
in TV, it's always a man, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, the Brady dad was like, I, I can think of like other movies and TV shows, the brothers, um, those brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been about 50, 50 for me, like in school it was, so my undergrad was more interior design oriented. So it was actually more female. And then my grad school was I would say definitely 50-50. And that's actually a common theme. Probably, I think, the last statistic I read was, like, from the mid, since the mid-80s, architecture schools have been churning out about 50% women, 50% men. Where you start losing women is in leadership. This is a huge problem. And it's because as women, you know, graduate architecture school in their mid-20s to, like, early 30s with their master's, um, they start working. And then they want to have kids, and then that is, like, not conducive to architecture firms, which is partly, partly why I started my own business. Because I Why just, do you like, think that is? Um, architecture just never stops. Like, it just doesn't – I do know women who – I actually have a really good friend who came back from maternity leave and is still working for a firm, and she's an architect – but it just, you just don't see it. It's, it's starting to get better, I think, as we get more women in leadership roles, but um, it's still a problem. So, yeah. so yes, it, there's plenty of women in architecture. There aren't as many women leaders in architecture. Got you. And were some of your professors women when you yeah. were in school? Yeah. And you've taught, you teach as yeah. well. Yeah. And that's interesting. Um, it, it almost would be a better idea for a whole bunch of women architectures to get together and build up their own firm. And yes. when one's rolling out into pregnancy, it's like, okay, can you take over the mm. Lawson house, you know, while yeah. home with baby. And then you could just kind of pick up the project where they left it and then come back and say, okay, I'm going on maternity leave or I have to go to the kids soccer games. Can you mm -hmm. meet this contractor or whatever? It would kind of uh, behoove everyone to just join forces. And I, I think, as more women get in those higher leadership roles, it'll be better for everyone in architecture. It'll be like, stop pulling all-nighters, stop being here all the time, you stupid men, like just go yeah. be with your families and let's just call it a day today. Right. Um, yeah. It's also prioritizing our time, right? So we have right. to show that men are just as valuable in the home yeah. with their family and children as the women are. And we want them here as well to be a part of our family. Um, and it's, they're building a home for another family. You're like, well, what about this one? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so what are some ways you think um, before, if someone is looking to hire an architect, wait, before I ask this, I want to ask you this. Do people seek, do you think people discriminate based on your name? Like I noticed the name of your, your architecture company doesn't include your first name. Did you do that intentionally or do you think to, do you think that's not something that people think of like oh if it's Olivia something design I don't that's a woman I don't want to hire her Interesting I don't think so I never thought about it that way that's not why I chose my name I actually so many times over the years I'm like oh should I just be like Taryn Bone architect like should I change it like I I'm always struggling with that um, but I do like the name so I'll probably keep it I do like I, Bone Collective, too. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. um, I think more than that, I've had inexperienced, right? Like, oh, you're so young, which I'm like, oh, thanks. I guess I look <laughs> young. 
um, that I think is the hardest part to overcome. And that also explains a lot of the things we've been talking about why there aren't women in leadership because architects tend not to like be famous or well-known until they're like in their fifties. Um, it, because it takes architecture is really slow and it does take a long time to like get that, you know, that perfect project that like is on the cover of architectural digest or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think being young is, um, has been more kept, uh, some kept, clients away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like, they open the door, they pop on zoom with you and they're like, Oh, is, is she coming or are you her assistant? And you're like, no, it's me. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, ageism is just as prevalent as sexism in any sure. field, I'm sure, but especially I'm sure in architecture. Um, and that's really fascinating. And then when people want to work with you, uh, what's usually the process? Do, do they find you on Instagram? Do they find you on your website? Referral? How do people find you? It's mostly referral. Um, I really, those tend to be the ones that actually pan out. If someone, you know, if you Carrie, tell, you know, your friend Laura, like about me and whenever she needs a remodel and she calls me, that is probably going to turn into a project more so than someone finds me on Google. Um, I have gotten a few projects from Instagram, but, oh, and I've gotten a few like cold call projects, which always amaze me. It's like, how did you find me? Like, (laughs) what am I doing right? So, but that's been very few and far between. It's mostly referrals. Mostly referrals. So do you think using Instagram is beneficial for architects? Yeah, for sure. For, for architects, I feel that Instagram is really our portfolio, right? Mm. So if a client doesn't find me through there, like actually many times my clients are older and are not really Instagram users. Um, And so I would maybe send them to my Instagram. I'll say like, here's my website, here's my Instagram. So you can see my work, you can see my style and see if we would be a good fit. Yeah, I think it's a great tool for any creative to be using Mm -hmm. Instagram as a portfolio, even if they aren't, you know, social media savvy. It's just great to be like, here it is. And it's easy to find. I can look at it on my phone and it looks great. Um, That's great. And I know it must be hard to look at social media as a marketing tool when you're used to being like in a helm building and drawing and everything. Mm -hmm. You're like, how can I show this process? But one of my favorite things you did was a time-lapse video of you draw. You were sketching or drawing something. It was like a floor plan or something. And it was, and it was on your computer. And so those tools as someone who's, I have no architecture, interior design um, background or knowledge, seeing that that's how you did it was really like, Oh, (laughs) it was really cool. Thank you. You just reminded me, I haven't done one of those in a while and I'm going to start, I will be doing some drawing work soon. So I'll have to do that because I, you know, it's funny. We're, like I've been in architecture for, I don't even know how many years now, like it's second nature to me. And I don't, I'm like, no one would want to see that, but then you're not the first person to tell me that. So I'll see. I'll keep I, it up. Yeah. Um, what's the Pantone color of 2020? Do we know? I forgot I to look. It. Oh, I, I think it might be this really bright, like blue, like a blue, blue. 
gotcha, um, like gotcha. true blue, I think. I that sounds think about that. right. I think I remember seeing a high heel from, I think it was like an episode of Sex and the City. It was like the shoe that she got married in. And it was uh-huh. like that color blue was like the blue of 2020. Um, okay. yeah. Little did they know that we were all going to feel blue. So maybe that's what they to convey. Blue, blue is a calming color. I'm wearing blue. You have, you're wearing blue and you have blue in your home too. Yes. I love blue. Blue is really Me pretty. Um, and the beautiful blue wall that you did in my home, it just, I just love looking. I just love looking at it. You know, yeah. it, it is calming. You're right. Um, it's I just realized my dining room table chairs are blue. We have a lot of blue. Yeah. yeah we put blue. We put that blue everywhere. Yeah. What, what's not a good color to design with? What color should people d- avoid? Um, I think, well, we're talking paint colors. My immediate thought was red, like red walls is like, you know, way too much. Um, but you could do pops of red and like pillows and blankets and things like that. But I really do feel like red is not on trend and hasn't been for some time. Yeah. I remember when those, like, this was like way back in the day, my parents had a red wall, but it was like that cranberry, almost like that deep, deep red. Uh-huh. Um, and then it had that dark wood accent, you know, yep. like JC Penny, like stereo. Was, was forest green in that mix yes, too? Of course. Yeah, that's what we yeah. had in my home. Yeah. yeah. With the, and like a yellow accent. There was like always, sorry, mom, if you're watching this. Um, like, yes. Those yellow accents. That and was then the style. Yeah, it was. And she'd have like ceramic chickens and roosters, you know, hanging around in the kitchen. But that's that. Uh, I also read that you should never paint a, a nursery, a baby or any place that you sleep uh, yellow because yellow is, is not a good color to sleep in or something like that. I heard that. Read that, that makes sense because it's so bright. I would think it would like kind of hurt your sleep. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, look at um, my friend Lori posted the Pantone color. Oh, it's yeah. 194052, everyone. It's oh. classic blue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. I got it. Oh, see, you're right. That's awesome. See, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, okay. Um, so let's get carried away about something. What were you going to yeah. say? Oh, I was going to say, um, talking about like those colors from your childhood, like the cranberry and the forest and those kinds of things. I think one thing that I bring to projects is trying not to go for the trends, you know, like with, with decor, you can go a little bit more trendy, but with like what you're putting on the walls and like especially remodeling stuff like kitchens and bathrooms, like don't go trendy because it's going to date your home. Yeah, they're going to be like, do? they're going to be like, oh, that's a 2020 home like 10 years from now. Like, oh, why they do that? You know? Yeah. What do you recommend that instead of doing, because I'm sure you've worked with clients who are like, I have this great idea for these palm leaves and these gold accent pieces. And and you're like, and white furniture, you're kidding. (laughs) How do you steer Um, them to something that's a little bit more classic or can preserve over time? Yeah, I try and pull together a lot of images. um, And, you know, there are things like the brass accents can be used in certain ways that, are gonna last longer because brass has always been around it's not like it's a new thing it's just right. become super trendy being everywhere so i'll just steer them toward those those images of the things that are more classic um that you know it might be something that was built in the 40s and i'll show them a picture and they're like oh yeah that looks really good it's like yes yeah, because it's been classically designed yeah so let's you know try that or I'll just, <laughs> just by telling them that like look, that's going to date your place in 10 years. And if they still want to do it, like that's their prerogative. 
Right, right. You're not going to say, no, you can't have the avocado green countertop. I'm just not going <laughs> to put my name on it, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have vivid memories of the kitchen in my grandmother's house growing up, and it was that 1970s yellow that was like, mm-hmm. it was like that sunshiny, yeah. buttery yellow Butter. that was tiled uh, with a really thick white, like, it was just big. The grout, yeah. the grout was just bright white, and then the, it matched the refrigerator. So it was yellow oh, and nice. yellow. <laughs> it was fancy. Uh-huh. That was um, classic, like, 1980s. That was my grandma's house. But see, I have that memory, so it's... Mm-hmm stuck with me those yellow countertops and fridge um okay let's get carried away about some things um give me what's something that you when you first started architecture that that you got carried away about is there an architect is there was like you saw the guggenheim and you're like this is what i want to do like what do you get carried away about when it comes to architecture Mm. um i love like really strong geometric buildings um and like I'm really obsessed with kind of like an almost blank facade that has like a materiality to it and maybe just like a few punctures of windows. Like I just really love composition overall when you're looking Mm. at a building. Um, Yeah, downtown LA has a lot of great ones. And just, um, I don't know if you're going to know what this is, but brutalism, brutalism is my jam. It's uh, usually, (laughs) so brutalism is, I'm, gonna like not be very good about the um the history of this of when it's from but most people who aren't architects don't like brutalist buildings there's one here in boston i think it's city hall it's city hall and the people of boston hate it and they want it they've always wanted to tear it down and every architect and like any kind of you know historic person in architecture is like no you can't tear that down it's <laughs> um so it's just brutalism is like really thick concrete structures with very few windows but architecturally they're just so beautiful so yeah interesting interesting now where have you traveled where you got carried away about their architecture oh my god out of the united states where you're just like oh where um rome i did not know it was gonna happen because it seemed so cliche but it is the mecca of like architecture and um the pantheon was like i could just stand in there forever it's overwhelming remarkable i couldn't believe i studied it so much and you just think like ah i know what this is but like that's the thing you have to actually go into these places to really feel them yeah i was when i was in rome we went for our honeymoon and my breath we were in a cab and we weren't headed there we were headed i think to the Colosseum, but we went around the circle to the tomb of the unknown soldier and i made the cab pull over and i I was blown away by not only the the size of this thing but the amount of detail that was done Mm -hmm. on something and how old it was i to this day i love that it's just so cool and um, I love Berlin, too. I, I, I oh, think, Berlin, yeah, Berlin, Berlin was really great. blew me away. And I didn't think about them as a, a city of great architecture. But oh, like, yeah. it, it was incredible to be in Berlin. I was blown I, away. I went there in architecture school. It was one of my studios um, in grad school. We did a project in Berlin. And we went there 
and it's like everywhere you throw a stone is a great piece of architecture. Yeah, and when you walk up and down the streets, they would have the pic because a lot of the buildings were destroyed in World War II. They would have a picture of what that original building looked like, mm. and then what the new building was, and how they tried to restore it as much as possible. And it was like every other block, they're like. Here's what it looked like in 1932, yeah. and here's what it looks like in 2009. So I just thought that was a really neat touch that the city did to mm -hmm. kind of, and, and they honored it so well. I thought that was really neat, too. How the, I haven't really, and we don't have architecture that old here um, right. in the yeah. U.S., so <laughs> you're not going to get that. Um, then, okay, so what um, is a quarantine hack? What's something you get carried away with at quarantine? What are you watching? What Are you cooking? Mm -hmm. What's it mm -hmm. keeping you busy? Um all of the things because I am a Gemini and I do a hundred things. Um, so the main like biggest change for me has been a painting, a daily painting practice. So I learned watercolor painting at the very beginning of quarantine. And um, if you're, if we're looking on the, in the Facebook group, this whole wall over here is just like half of my paintings. Um, that I've done during quarantine. I paint every single day, even if it's just for five minutes. It's my medicine. It's my meditation. Like, I, I love, love that. I love that. Um, okay. What are, I asked you this and the examples I gave you, I did not realize would be like, oh. I love it. <laughs> so I ask every guest, uh, what are three things that some other people are so crazy about, get so carried away about that you're like, huh? So for me, the example I gave was, I, I don't understand why people are so excited about chocolate and Grey's Anatomy. Um, and you and replied I, like, I, Does... <laughs> I, I was like attacked because those are my only two vices in this world. Grey's Anatomy, which I'm like rewatching for like the third time and chocolate, which I ate a lot of already today. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's very interesting because we get along so well and yes. I did not know those things about you and I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I hope we can still find, well, you're a Gemini and I'm an Aquarius. So we're actually very equally matched. We are okay. companions for each other. Um, yeah. So what, what are you like? How, can't wrap your head around what people get. Yeah. About certain things. Um, at first this was really hard cause I'm a, I'm a pretty easygoing person. I tend to like almost everything. Um, so I was thinking really hard about this. And earlier today when I was driving home from Trader Joe's, I bought a bunch of fruit and I realized, you know what? I hate cooked fruit and I don't really like pie crust. I hate fruit pie. Like I don't like apple pie, blueberry pie. Like I've eaten it. And if it's the only dessert, because I do love dessert, I'll probably eat it, but I just don't like it. Another thing dessert related, um, I hate ice cream cake. Like ice cream and cake, together why when I was a kid my since my birthday's in June I would have a pool party usually every year and this one I think it was like my fifth or sixth birthday it was my it was my first pool party my mom asked me when she, she bought my cake it was chocolate cake she said what ice cream should we get to go with it vanilla or chocolate and I threw a fit I was like I don't want I hate ice cream with cake I don't want it at my party and she's like well everyone else likes it so we're gonna get it and I was so mad. <laughs> yeah I love it. Well, I love pie. Yeah? <laughs> I love pie. 
pie and I love ice cream cake. There you go. Because <laughs> yeah. growing up, I didn't like regular cake. So my mom would always get me either a strawberry ice cream cake or make me a pie. Um, so that's so that's funny. funny. We can still be friends. <laughs> well, we can be even better friends because we can be at a party and you will eat the pie and I'll eat the chocolate. You're right. And yeah. we'll, I'll watch Game of Thrones and you can watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> well, I also watch Game of Thrones. Okay, so. good. We can still be friends then. Thank <laughs> goodness. Thank goodness. Now, um, I really want to, before we wrap it up here, I want to talk about your tiles. Um, yeah. The tiles that you designed. Now, you guys have to head over to Taryn's Instagram. It's at BC Studio LA. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Okay, so head over to there because... First off, your shoe collection is adorable. Um, you have so many photos of your feet. I'm assuming they're your feet. They're not all my feet. I okay. reached out to some friends and family members and asked them to send me photos of their feet. Yeah, so tell me about and the shoes. tiles. Yeah, how did the tiles come about? So the tiles came about around this time last year. My husband and I went to the Berkshires, which is like Western Massachusetts, for a weekend. Like, literally, we just went there for a night to stay in a friend's house that they have as an Airbnb. And um, I was sitting out in the, like, garden by myself with my notebook, and I just started sketching things, which I hadn't done in years. People think all architects just sit around and sketch, and I don't. I hadn't for years. And I kind of sketched out these hexagons and put these designs in them. And I was like, oh, look, they like fit together and make different patterns. And um, I did a few of those. And I showed my husband, I, I'm always like coming up with business ideas and like pitching him. And he- You is, are a Gemini. <laughs> right? You're a true Gemini. <laughs> I am a true Gemini. <laughs> um, and usually he's very honest. He's a Pisces. He's like super, super honest. And he's like, no, that's not a good idea with, with other things with this. I was like, I don't know. I feel like I can make a tile collection. And he saw them and he was like, you have to do this. These are really good. So I then reached out to first, I was like, oh, I'll make my own. I, I realized that most tiles aren't manufactured in the U S they're like somewhere else abroad. So I was like, what if I like made my own tile manufacturing company in the U S you know, I went like really big idea yes and um started researching that and i was like this is too daunting there's no way yeah. so i reached out to a friend of mine who has a hardware business like cabinet hardware um really pretty like very high end and asked her how she got started and she told me about licensing and she's like why don't you just send a dm to a t to different tile companies that you want to work with and and ask them like pitch them and i did that with granada tile they wrote back to my dm and then the rest is history. I sent them the stuff. I followed the advice that my friend gave me for like what royalty percentage to ask for, like to send them an NDA so they don't just steal your ideas. Like I wouldn't have known any of that stuff if I hadn't yeah. asked her. And yeah, they manufactured them. And now everyone can buy my tiles and put them in their homes, which is That's, really exciting. And businesses. They, businesses too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, are they for kitchen, bath? Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. They, so they are cement tiles. So um, you can use them pretty much everywhere. You can use them in showers. You just have to seal them like extra tight. But um, like around pool, like outdoors, around the pool, great. yeah, around mm -hmm. the pool, um, any flooring in your home. Um, I have them as my my kitchen backsplash. I'm doing a photo shoot of my kitchen remodel tomorrow, so that'll finally be out in the world really soon. 
Um, it's the that. first install of my tiles. Yeah. Um, but they're really, cement tiles are really, really big in like restaurants and spas and hotels for floors. Oh, they're super so durable. Yeah, that makes sense. And mm -hmm. um, they're not too slippery, right? So if I'm, if yeah, I'm in the spa, yeah, no. Yeah, they're not glass. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that you created that. And this all came from a drawing. Um, look at you. Yeah, Innovating as always. Yeah. That's so great. I love them. I'm actually trying to figure out how to use them. Like, oh, I don't nice. have a space for them, but I'm like, where can yeah. we put these beautiful yeah. ones? I really love that you have white ones with, um, I want to say it's like a, almost like a not a hexagon, but the, the tile itself is white and black. And I could just yeah. see it on like the back of a, a shower and everything. So yeah. um, I don't have a need for it right now, but I might just create one so I can use these tiles. I, so I love cool. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell the people how we can uh, get a hold of you, where we can find you if we want to, you know, uh, look into tiles or have you mm -hmm. consult or do you do consultations first? Is that how that works I, out? I do. It depends. Um, I always take uh, 15 minute phone calls with anyone who's interested. Um, some people like to go straight into a consult. Right now, I have a virtual offering, which is like my lowest priced anything I've ever done. And it's for people who maybe kind of want to DIY just one room. It was really, it came out of the pandemic of people working from home, being stuck in a space that they're not inspired by. Um, so it's really meant to just help you kind of like furnish one room. Um, and we get on FaceTime for 45 minutes. And then after our call and we walk through everything within the next like 24 hours, I send you 10 links to things that I think that you should purchase to help you in that space. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, so that's my virtual design consult. Otherwise, I do offer just a regular consult, which will be virtual right now, and that's fine. Um, and then I work very, you know, different ways with different people, really depending on their budget, what they're looking for. So I think the 15-minute, like, discovery phone calls are a really good um, way to get started. Love and that. that's um, through my website, which is bcstudiola.com. Um, you already said my Instagram is at BC Studio LA. I always check my DMs, so you can send me a message there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are the ways. Amazing. You can also find her in the bra directory under architect. Yes. yes there's, um, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Taryn. This has been thank so you. great. Um, I love talking about something that I'm not an expert in, but I really get excited about and carried away about, which is design, architecture. It's like, I can't do it, but I I really obsess about it and I've enjoyed working with you when you redesigned my office and my home. And if anyone is looking for any kind of, you know, support in their renovations or just needs like a good eye to be like, what do I do with this space? I can't mm. recommend you enough. So oh, thank, thank you for joining. Thanks and for I hope having to see you. This yeah, and hopefully we'll be out of this and we'll get to like be IRL in California soon. I know you no. missed it. <laughs> Listen, as soon as I can get on a plane again and things are open up, I'm going to be in LA. Like it's going to happen. So I will call you and we will yes. get together. <laughs> Yay. Thank you everyone. And let's go check out the Facebook group and see if anybody had questions. Okay. All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Taryn. Bye. Bye. Ooh, thank you for listening to Carried Away, a female-forward podcast featuring advice from today's business thought leaders and innovators. 
To watch clips from these interviews, catch them live, or learn more about how the Bra Network lifts and supports female entrepreneurs, head over to Instagram at bra underscore network and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell me what I should get carried away about next. Until then, stay fabulous.